I never knew this building had a doorbell. <laughs> I've been here nearly eight years. You find something new every time you come. Fascinating stuff. Isn't it amazing how God rings the bell at just the moment when he wants you to be paying attention? As well, it happens at Emmanuel as well every Sunday morning, probably about now, in fact. Uh, ringing the buzzer at the bus stop as well. So, yes, I'm filling for time whilst David lets these uh, guests in and they get settled. And then I'll start talking properly. Shall we pray? God, thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus, the one who it is about, the one who it points to, and the one who gives us life and inspires us to live each moment of each day. We pray that you would bless us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to start with a question shouldn't need saying, but this is a rhetorical question. That means you don't need to put your hand in the air when I ask the question. You may not want to when I ask the question. Anyway, it's good when you do school assemblies because you say, I'm going to ask you a question and all the hands go up in the air before you've even said what it is. And then I have to come up with something funny uh, to make a joke out of it. But here is a question for you. Talking about you, would those closest to you, your friends, the people you love, would they call you a gossip? I will leave that with you. <laughs> Simeon says, my eyes have seen your salvation which you prepared in the sight of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. So, Gentiles is everyone not covered by the phrase your people Israel and your people Israel is everybody that isn't covered by the phrase Gentiles. So it covers everybody. Your salvation, God's salvation, not mine, I didn't come up with it, you'll be pleased to know. Nobody else came up with it, it was God's idea. He sent Jesus, long promised, delivered, did everything that was meant to be done, lived the life that was meant to be lived, died the death that had to be died, and rose again, defeating death, conquering everything nasty, giving us hope. God promised that Simeon would see the salvation that he had prepared before he died, and he did. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow is transfer deadline day. This will matter to some of you more than others. Richard, especially this morning, 
after Sunderland's results yesterday. One of the teams in the game got nil. The other team did not get nil. It was a very high number, wasn't it, Richard? Yes. So this is for you, this bit. As chaplain of Northampton Town, I know things about what happens in the football club. I quite often know when a player is injured. The club's media department do not often put out on social media or in the newspapers, in the Chronicle and Echo or elsewhere, that the player is injured because they do not want the opposition to know. They want it to be a surprise when they announce the team at two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon that said player is not there, even though I've known about it for a week and a half. And sometimes people ask me questions. Are we going to sign a centre forward? Is a question that I have been asked quite regularly recently because they, they need one. <laughs> by, by tomorrow, in fact. What's going to happen about this? Did you know about that? Quite often I do. But I choose not to say anything. Because I'm a bit sad. If I let the cat out of the bag, it would be pretty bad. I might actually, you know, in another form of life, it would be called corporate espionage. Letting the opposition know what was coming, what was going on. Gossip is everywhere. There's whole websites about football gossip. And you'll read, it says, Man United are going to sign so-and-so player. And the next line down it will say, no, they're not. And neither of the people writing the report know they're making it up. They're guessing about stuff that doesn't really matter all that much, really. Football, you know, it's just a game. Isn't it, Richard? Yes. I mean, Northampton won yesterday, so, you know, I'm, I'm all right because we won 1-0 yesterday, just so you know. I will stop talking about football in a minute. It's coming, don't worry. There is a point. Gossip gets everywhere, it infects everything. Because, as much as I try not to share the things that I know about what's going on in Northampton Town, it's really tempting sometimes, especially when I hear people talking complete nonsense about, you know, well, so-and-so players falling out with the manager. Well, no, they didn't. I just know that something else has gone on. So, we, in our church, Emmanuel Group of Churches, we have a problem with gossip. We do. People like to know things. They like to share things. Often, things that other people would prefer that they didn't share, actually. But because you just can't hold it in any longer, you're bursting to tell somebody something. You think, like the press do quite often, it's in the public interest. No, it isn't. The problem that we have with gossip is that we gossip the wrong thing. 
I don't need to know all the names of all the people that have had COVID in the church. I don't need to know some of the other things that have gone on recently. That's somebody's private business. What they need to know, everybody, is the salvation that God has prepared for all of the Gentiles and the glory of his people with Israel. I want to challenge myself and you and our other congregations and the people on the internet if we're tempted to gossip let it first be about Jesus Amen. if you don't want to gossip about Jesus don't talk about much else until you want to talk about Jesus more than you want to talk about other things take a deep breath this is the good news. This is. This is the news that changes people's lives. No other news changes people's lives in the positive, transforming, glorious, life-giving way that any other news that we could hear or share or speak or read ever can do. This is it. Simeon was so excited about having met Jesus, he said, now you can dismiss me to God. Nothing else that could ever happen in the rest of my life could top this moment. I have met Jesus. You promised that it would happen, and it's happened. That is amazing, fantastic, in other words, that probably were more creative than I can come up with this morning. I'm good. I'm happy, I'm content. I think everybody in the room this morning, at one stage or other, I hope so at least, <coughs> has met Jesus. If you haven't, I'd recommend it. If you have, can you remember what it was like? That first moment, whether it was a more experiential thing where you had a feeling that something changed in you that had never been the same before, or whether you were someone who first came to faith because somebody explained it all really clearly for you and it made sense, or you suddenly felt that guilt and shame that you've been carrying around for a long time has lifted off you in a way that perhaps you still can't quite understand, but it definitely happened. Whatever the first step for you in meeting with the living God was. Can you remember? I hope you can. I hope you can. I hope that it is exciting for you to remember that there's a little flutter. I don't know, I get kind of little shivers down the back of this fight, and that's how I go. I used to get them when Northampton scored more than one in a game, but that's not happened for quite a long time. So I get these little flutters down the back of my spine when it feels like God is doing something in me, but it might be something else that happens for you, everybody's different. There was a little moment for me when I first understood and met with Jesus, I understood it was not just something that I'd inherited from my parents and that we'd gone to church every week, more than once, most weeks, not that I'm bitter about it, um, <laughs> for the whole of my early childhood and I'd been kind of 
culturally a Christian, I would call myself a church person. I understood how a communion service flowed because I knew when it was nearly over. So that, that was very exciting for me. Uh, but actually, it hadn't uh, graduated or taken root as something that meant something to me. It was a bit like, uh, I don't know, being a supporter of a football team or joining a gardening club or one of those things where I, I belong to this, but it, it's, it's not kind of the meaning of my life. And then I met Jesus for myself and it changed. And for a while, uh, when I was about 13, 14, 15 or 16, you couldn't really have a conversation with me uh, without me trying to bring it round to Jesus because I was so excited about the people that I was living at boarding school with, poor them, uh, finding out why I was so excited about this Jesus that I had gossiped God. People put up with all sorts from me. I, I just thought it was normal. I, I, you know, that's what you did because it was an exciting thing. Sometimes you, you calm down, don't you? Some people do, at least. And you stop a bit with the passion and the enthusiasm and the energy and all of that. And life gets in the way and then stuff comes along. And we get uh, distracted, confused, crammed in on really by life and the concerns of the world. It's easy to do. As I said at the beginning, it's fun being in the know about stuff, isn't it? And so you get to the point Jesus isn't the first thing on your mind in the morning. There's another concern, or several concerns, crowding around, pushing Jesus aside. And then your conversation, and I'm speaking about myself as well, I'm not just talking about you, all, collectively or individually. All sorts of things in the conversation seem like you need to get through those and then if there's time, we'll share about the holy and life-giving love of Jesus Christ and hope that he transforms the life of the person that we're speaking to. If there's time, you know, just if we can fit it in around all the busyness and business and exciting news and gossip of the day. It's not it, is it? Love. Is the greatest of the things that will last forever. Love conquers everything. To get through life, you need faith and hope and love. The greatest of these is love. Jesus in case you want to know what love looks like, shows us a human picture, laying everything aside that was due to him, giving everything for me and for you, for everyone you know, 
and all the people you don't know. Everybody. Let's be sure, as far as we can, that our priority is to care about making sure people know that sooner and faster and more clearly than they know anything else that we have to share with them. Let's worry about people knowing that much more than knowing anything else in the world. Other stuff does matter, but not as much as that. My eyes have seen the salvation that you have prepared in the sight of all the people, says Simeon. We've seen it too. And there's a lot of other people that need to know about it, isn't there?